Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome to AIP's News Roundup with Teresa Blissing, the founder of AIP, and Rahul Matur, an AIP ambassador. This episode of the Asia InsureTech podcast is brought to you by Uncharted. In this rapidly changing environment, the ability to operate your business online is mission critical. Powered by Uncharted's core insurance and distribution platform, carriers and brokers now have the ability to launch new distribution channels in a matter of weeks, and any product through any channel in any market in just days. If your core insurance technology isn't providing your business with an enduring competitive advantage, visit www.uncharted.global or email them info at uncharted.global to speak with them today. Teresa Rahul, how is everybody doing today? Thanks, Michael. Um, not too bad. Uh, beside the the isolation and uh, quarantine, but um, everything else so good so far. Rahul, how are you? I'm good, Michael. I'm good, Teresa. As you can hear, I'm somewhere in the middle of a jungle in India, <laughs> and uh, very much enjoying myself. Well, the jungle is actually the tree next to my house which has uh, the biodiversity of the Amazon rainforest, but I'm very much looking forward to today. <laughs> I love it. I'm a bit jealous, to be honest, because I'm in uh, rainy Germany. We had amazing weather before, but um, today it's just like a typical spring day, like raining and, uh, yeah, not very nice outside. Raul, I think, you know, you and I, we, we switched our locations. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Absolutely. <laughs> you waved to each other on the airplane. Yeah. Okay, let's jump right into this stuff. Let's talk about some news that's happened. This is interesting to me for so many different reasons. Axanon, a company we know really well, we've, we've talked to the founders, we've recorded with them. I think they were actually on a, one of our roundtables, if I remember correctly. They must have been working on this for a while, but they closed their Series A+. Plus. I guess that's better than a Series A? Like it's smarter than a Series A? I'm not sure what that means. But they also changed their name to Igloo. Tracy, you want to talk about this a little bit, and then we'll get to Rahul to get his opinion too. Uh, yes, sure. Um, so I have uh, recorded with the founder uh, Wei Ju, um, first in their office in Singapore, but then also at the Singapore uh, fintech festival last year when there were still conferences going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, so uh, Weiju is ex um, Grab CTO and was one of the first um, Facebook uh, employees in Singapore. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, that is the <laughs> that's the that's the background to to Axion now Iglu. Um, they really have tech in their in their DNA. And um, last year, they also made news when they announced their uh, reinsurance license from uh, Labuan, right? So they are now not only a tech company, but can also, you know, have the uh, underwriting capabilities and um, in order to have some skin in the game, basically. Now the change in name to Igloo. Igloo was before their platform where they offered um, smartphone protection. Um, also very interesting product. They are able to not only insure new smartphones, but also um, smartphones that are a little bit older. And users, by, by taking a selfie, um, are um, Axinam is able to use this selfie to determine if the uh, screen of the cell phone actually has a crack or not and is insurable or not. So super interesting. 
um, but they also worked with um, e-commerce uh, giants like uh, Lazada and uh, Bukalapak and are now um, using this uh, Igloo uh, brand for all their their different ventures. Um, so super, super interesting. Um, they started in Singapore, have the license out of Malaysia, uh, Labuan, but are actually um, operating in Vietnam, Philippines, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, as well as Singapore. And uh, Raul, you want to comment on the um, Series A plus funding? Yes, I think Teresa has probably hit on most of the points, right? The transition from Axinander Igloo going from what I kind of saw in June last year looking like a uh, tech company's back office in like sneakers and shorts to actually having their own uh, license in Labuan. But I think what kind of really caught me off guard when I went to their website after quite a while is they seem to have three products which are almost like in stealth mode right now. Uh, two of them sit within the personal insurance side, so personal accident and disease insurance. If you kind of see, you know, Axanan's kind of evolution over time, like Teresa said, Michael, they've primarily been this e-commerce transit insurance player with a bit of, uh, I guess, white label goods insurance via the Igloo brand. But they now seem to be going a bit more into the casualty side with personal accident with the disease. And they also sort of claim to have this uh, social insurance product, which is under development. And I, my kind of gut feeling with that social insurance product, which they disclose on the website, is it seems like a mutual aid kind of a setup. So it's very similar to what Justin Case has, very similar to Shwedi Huzu in China and uh, I guess Xiang Hubao with and Financial. So I'd watch, I'd watch out for them. They're a very strong company when it's down to technology and they've got the insurance license and they're also in Australia according to their website. Though I haven't confirmed that to be completely honest with you. How much money did they raise? I want to, I want to point out what that figure was if we know. Uh, so it's it's 8.2 million for the A plus, and according to Crunchbase and their disclosure, they've raised uh, 16 million US dollars to date. So it's a pretty sizable raise. Yeah, I mean, I'm amazed that in the midst of coronavirus, that they were able to close this. We'll talk we'll talk a little bit later about another company that did, but I have to believe that this raise has been going on for a while. And I will say this from my perspective. We've done a ton of episodes with a bunch of incredibly great companies across the board, all of them doing something slightly different and all quite innovative. I just want to say Axinan into Igloo, very, very impressed with this team. I mean, I think it goes without saying that their background is it, but that doesn't mean that every time they step onto the pitch that they're going to have a great game. But this team seems to be going from strength to strength. I'm just I was impressed when I talked to their team. I was impressed when I listened to Teresa's episode with them, and I'm impressed now that they've gone out and just raised money. I think it says a lot about what they're doing and what they're building. So this is a great team, yeah? Very quickly there, Michael, if you remember in December, January, we actually discussed that Axinan put out a press release saying that it's in the process of closing it's a series A plus. Yep. So this has definitely been in the works for a while. And I think a fair bit of this uh, series A plus money might have been raised towards the mid of uh, the last year where they actually got that Labuan license because you'd have to deposit a certain amount of money as minimum solvency capital. So I reckon this is just an accumulation of an open round into a single round followed by an announcement. 
Right. I do want to make this point, though, and, and maybe Teresa can talk about this a little bit as well. You know, last week we did our first live to Facebook episode, and I believe that this week we're going to do another one. And the topic for that is going to be what's it like raising money in the, in the midst of this. And I, and I just want to point out that from a fundraising standpoint, if I put on my investor hat, even though they announced that they were going to do this, like the signing of papers and the closing of stuff in the middle of a crisis, everything changes, right? Money can get frozen. People can get scared. So just the fact that even though they had talked about it in December, the fact that they actually closed it is still very impressive to me. Um, yes, Michael, I agree. And um, as you rightly pointed out, um, we are having this uh, new live panel uh, next uh, Monday, so 4th of May, um, talking with a couple of VCs about the impact of um, of the current global pandemic on investment in, in InsurTech. Um, but what we are seeing here, uh, Axina now Iglo being an enabler um, for um, you know digital insurance products and um, offering uh, contextual products uh, on, on digital platforms like e-commerce. Um, remember, they have partnered with all the um, big e-commerce platforms, Lazada, Shopee, Bukalap, Pak. And um, those are the companies that are thriving in this crisis, right? With all shops being closed, everything moving to online. Um, so they all should see an increase in, in sales at the moment. Um, so uh, investment in a, in a company like Axinon, uh, Iglo Now, um, sounds like a, like a good strategy in, in times of uh, this crisis. Yeah, I agree. It sounds like a great strategy. I want to talk about Koala as well. Another team, right, through Harshit that's been on the show. This is really impressive, actually. If you look at the investors that they've accumulated here, you have Sequoia here, Flourish here, Mirai Asset Management. And I mean, the people that have invested in them already is pretty impressive. But a $13.5 million Series A raised by these guys. Wow. Just wow. Yeah, con congratulations. Uh, we just had Harshit on our live um, panel the, the other week, but it was too early to actually announce this uh, this funding, right? So you couldn't say anything. Um, but yeah, congratulations to the guys. Um, we have also recorded um, with Tommy Martin, um, the other co-founder. I met him at uh, Insurance Innovators uh, in uh, Indonesia probably one of the last uh, conferences this year that uh, was actually happening. Um, so I'm, I'm quite happy I was there and uh, got a chance to um, to have a chat with him. Um, we recorded this panel together with uh, Hassan from, from Zurich. And um, yeah, the, the guys are super active. Um, I, I keep bumping into them at uh, several conferences. And remember, we also saw Harshit in Thailand um, end of last year. Um, so they are um, also looking into expanding into uh, new markets. And um, now with this uh, raise of an impressive um, 13.5 million Series A, um, they should have the, uh, the resources to do so. Well, I'm not sure. This is announced as um, the largest investment um, into an Indonesian insurtech. Um, my question is, how much did Paza Polis raise? So I checked on, on, on Crunchbase and um, couldn't find any figures. But uh, keep in mind that Paza Polis has as like founding, funding members the three unicorns. So Gojek, 
Traveloka and uh, Tokopedia, but it's uh, I think it's not disclosed of how much they actually raised. Uh, Raul, you have any any numbers here? In in any context, the 13.5 million Series A is still a very very impressive figure to come out with. Fair enough. But yes, you're you're you're, you're spot on that uh, no one really knows how much Passat Polis has raised. And I reckon it would probably be ballpark about 20 to 25, just given the fact that they're, a, a, I guess, a travel, almost like an aggregator. And aggregators just tend to raise way more money because their distribution plays less so technology plays. But just specifically on Koala, right? So Harshit was on the show in August uh, 2019 with Michael, I believe. Yes. And um, these guys were were finally like picking up pace. I think they were doing 10, 15, 20,000 policies a month then in terms of servicing, right? Because their USP is down to, I guess, automation of the claims process and the customer experience. I believe they're now handling 2 million policies a month. And um, I, I was perhaps a bit nosy and I went online and checked the growth in their staff. It is I know a lot of them are probably just uh, random LinkedIn accounts, but even when you try and cut those random accounts out, it's a massive team already. So it just shows how fast they've been growing. And I think it's just going to go uh, one step further, right? Because a lot of the products they work on, like uh, travel and lifestyles, white label goods can pretty much be dragged and dropped into new geographies. You only have to change for language and a bit of regulation and cultural aspects. So definitely keep your eyes out for them. Sequoia Surge Cohort 1. And yes, yeah, going to be an interesting journey for them. You just mentioned, um, you know, that they are in travel insurance. Um, that is also the product I think we talked most about uh, in the episode we recorded with Harshit, um, which is at the current times maybe not the best market to be in. Um, but what is interesting about um, Koala is that they are also in the like e-commerce space and are also partnering um, with Grab. So they are offering, um, I think, uh, cell phone protection um, coverages via Grab Kiosk, um, which is like a, a service um, that Grab offers to get like uh, small uh, grocery deliveries, but also top up mobile phone payments. Um, at the at the kiosk, and um, that reminds me a little bit of what uh, Paza Polos and Gojek are doing. So it looks like that um, we have the the two major players, um, Gojek and Paza Polos, and on the other hand, um, we have Grab and Koala, uh, which is also quite interesting to see. We talk, already talked about two companies that are getting funding, and I think we need to talk about. Policy Street as well, if we're going to talk about this, if we're going to go with this. What they've done is actually went on a slightly different avenue, but still ended up with the same results. We want to comment on this uh, crowdfunding that they're talking about. And and I guess one of the interesting things is Policy Street from Malaysia has, uh, I guess the news articles say they've gone out for an equity crowdfunding round, but it actually masks the fact that a fair bit of the contribution towards that equity crowdfunding actually comes from um, institutional angels. But I kind of had a go at some of their numbers and their top line revenue metric is growing 25% uh, month on month since the previous year. 
which is pretty strong uh, growth to kind of maintain across an entire financial year i guess their revenue for uh, uh, i guess financial year 2019 was 1.2 million us dollars which is ballpark the revenue that a um, i guess post seed or pre series a company would be generating in um, in the west as well but what really kind of baffled me there is it's 1.2 million in revenue but they've supported i guess since the previous 3 years roughly and i'm not kidding you but the number is 966 million dollars in premium volume so assuming that they even did 500 million in premium volume last year uh, their their take rate seems to be so low but i guess in the context so the current fundraising it's roughly uh, 7.6 uh, million dollars uh, us dollars post money and they're raising about i guess 800,000 uh, us dollars and they're pretty uh, really close to um, i guess wrapping up the raise in fact they've uh, crossed their target as well so again right very interesting um, aggregators do not seem to be a uh, generating as much of a commission rate as you would have thought but some really impressive uh, top line revenue growth don't don't have much to add here um as as well um already pointed out i think the um target amount they had were 4 million uh, ringgit um to raise and they already have raised 4.3 um so they're already over um their target and um apparently 19 days to go um so that is that is quite impressive and and um good for the guys and i think it's just um also the the timing is great because aggregators and um online platforms to buy insurance products is what um you know all these um marketplaces need right now in times of uh, covid-19 um where like the the traditional agent distribution and probably also like the bank assurance uh, distribution um won't um see as much growth as in in, in previous months uh most people are turning to online and um also something i have observed in in most of the developing countries in southeast asia um there is still not a lot of um options when buying insurance online right especially in thailand something that i rant about uh, a lot of times uh, michael it's um, you know buying health insurance online right. it's it's basically impossible to buy a, a simple health insurance product um online you always have to go we are like a call center um have to fill out like paper forms and um yeah, yeah. um so that is something that is definitely in need at the moment and uh, probably also reflects the success in um policy street and their crowdfunding here. Yeah, and I want to move on to talk about one degree. I cannot read this article without thinking of one direction and maybe that's just because my daughter used to be a big fan. But this one degree, <laughs> this one degree, I just can't get Harry Styles out of my head right now. So one degree made this announcement right that they're getting a virtual insurance license and they're going to become the first according to them tech insurer in Hong Kong to to do that. but they say they were there at the beginning of this whole concept right so maybe they played some kind of part in developing what that virtual license is going to be like do you guys have a view on on this and what is the significance of this well the the first companies who got the 
virtual insurance license in um, in Hong Kong were um, blue uh, bow tie and uh, abo insurance, right? Right, right, right? But they basically all have um, yeah, they're all like insurance, insurance incumbent. Yeah, they, they at least have an insurance uh, incumbent um, as their partner, right? right, right, right. Um, so one degree is the first like um, real tech company um, without. Uh, you know, prominent insurance partner as an investor um, to gaining this license um, in Hong Kong. I'm sure, Raul, what are your opinion on that one? They've got a very valid point there, right? And this is just me coming in as an independent observer. I mean, Blue by Aviva, contrary to popular perception, well, no longer even has Aviva because Hill House bought them out. But Blue actually didn't have its uh, didn't have a standalone insurance license. It was kind of riding off Aviva's own insurance license and was almost acting like a, um, I guess, new brand for Aviva and maybe Hill House to engage in insurance. So Bowtie was actually the first virtual insurer to get licensed. Uh, Bowtie is doing the voluntary health insurance uh, scheme in uh, in Hong Kong. I guess Avo Insurance, which is the uh, entrant, is doing general insurance. That's lifestyle, travel, a bit of wallet and stuff. But they've got Asia Insurance in their uh, cap table. Actually, one one degree was out there way back in early 2018, saying that they're, you know, in stage one and then stage two of the license application process. So I think my kind of fear there is what might have happened, and I'm speculating here, is because they were an independent company, they weren't fast-tracked through the virtual insurance license application process. But that being said, they've also entered into a very interesting vertical being pet insurance in Hong Kong, which uh, to my understanding is as yet like a green field. So it's it's not necessarily that each of the virtual insurers are competing with each other. They all seem to be going after very, very different segments. So it's going to be interesting, right? And these guys have like 20 or 25 staff on the on the payroll for the past year and a half. So I, I just dread to think how much money they've already burned through. Yeah, I mean, you just you just made a really good point. And I can't stop thinking about how, particularly over the last couple of months, that everybody that I've spoken to and that we've recorded with continues to say two things. One, there's a perception in the world that insurance isn't really sexy, and yet it's going through some of its biggest, most fundamentally interesting changes, you know, in the past. And somebody said to me yesterday, two days ago, in the past hundred years, right? And it's really interesting the way these virtual licenses change everything, how the distribution's changing everything. And whether you are a big incumbent or you're a startup insurtech, it's like it is in a way greenfields, like you said, like everything's changing. It's pretty amazing actually to have these conversations. Teresa, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Um, no, I just wanted to to add to Raul's comments. Um, at the moment, One Degree is only out there with uh, pet insurance, but they have already announced to introduce um, health and cyber 
Um, so I think they are moving on from uh, cats and dogs to humans. Um, but no information yet on <laughs> on uh, when they are planning to to launch that. Um, but we will actually have Alex Long yes. on the show in May. Um, in, May. in May. Cannot wait. Um, so I've I've been in contact with him for a while and uh, trying to get him onto the show um, for almost almost a year now like um right at the beginning when we started aip i was talking to him and he told me he was like you know we have some really great news and i want to come onto the show when um you know everything is ready and uh, i guess that is what he was talking about um and now he is ready and we will have him uh, on the show very soon and then can i ask all these um questions and um, see what their future plans are with the uh, health and cyber Super excited to have them on, on the show for sure. Let's move to India. Flipkart, ICICI, Lombard, they're offering a health plan for COVID-19. Yeah, so it it's fairly interesting, right? And I, I kind of put out a post roughly now two weeks ago, which I titled the uh, COVID-19 arms race uh, in India for insurance companies. Yeah. And what you're kind of seeing is every insurance company, you know, whether it's uh, ICICI, Lombard, Bajaj, Allianz, to the insurtex like uh, Digit and, you know, all of the distribution players like Wellmo, Plum Benefits, Discovery, everyone sort of come into the market with a COVID-19 insurance product, I guess, because health insurance penetration in India is uh, quite low. And I guess, I guess majority of the gap actually exists uh, for the urban poor, because they do not fall under the uh, Prime Minister's uh, uh, health insurance scheme called the Ayushman Bharat program, uh, and there's a whole you know long list of reasons. But Flipkart has been pretty active in the uh, insurance space over the past couple of months. If you remember, yeah. they sort of came out the uh, life insurance product with uh, Aegon Life. And Aegon Life actually works very closely with uh, eBowTech, and you had uh, eBowTech's follower, uh, follower eBowTech CEO on the uh, show uh, not long ago, Dr. Woody Moore. But I guess, I guess the the game plan here for Flipkart is they have this almost proprietary access to this network of wholesale, uh, I guess, wholesale. Um, wholesale merchants and retailers yeah. and they're trying to just capture a bit more margin by being like this a new distribution channel for life and health insurance products i don't know how successful it is but flipkart has i think a couple of million uh, merchant i guess a couple of million people to access via its uh, merchant and reseller network yeah, I mean, anytime someone talks about distributing through whatever existing clients that they have, to me, it's fascinating, right? Because it lowers the cost of acquisition and, you know, sells to an audience that is kind of captive in a way, right? Through the platform into those sellers, it's actually a very interesting model. I, I guess the only point I have to make is uh, regardless of whether you're a One Directioner or a B Believer, <laughs> feel free to subscribe to Asia and Short Hack Podcast. That is a very good comment. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. Thank you both so much. And I cannot wait to do this again in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Thank you guys. Thanks, Raul.